And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics. And today we're talking about Flowers for Algernon by Daniel Keyes. Yep. Get ready to get into the trenches, you guys, because this is a lot. Yeah. So, Jade, what's your history with this book? So, I think it was in middle school, maybe like seventh or eighth grade, and my mom's an English teacher, so she was like, hey, you need to read this book. And I was thinking, this sounds dumb. Like, she told me the title, Flowers for Algernon, and I go, that just sounds stupid, and I don't want to read it. But she pestered me enough, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll read it, I'm bored. And so I did, and I, like, I sat in my beanbag chair in my floor and read the entire thing start to finish and was just dead by the end. It, it changed my life. Awesome. And your history with My history with this book is Jade and I were discussing podcast ideas and we went, we need another standalone book. And she went, how about this? And I went, okay. And so I checked it out from the library, literally not really reading what it's about, knowing nothing about it, and then just started reading it. Yeah. It, it's it was the like, kind of book you have to jump headfirst into or else you'll just fall into pits of despair. I was like 75% of the way through the book before I discovered it was written in like the 60s. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was reading it and I was like, this feels like it's like the six, like it's set in the 60s because it had the same vibe as 112263 by Stephen King, mm. which is like set in the 60s. And I was like, these feel the same. But I thought it was a more modern book. <laughs> so I was like, wow, they did a really good job at like both Stephen King and this guy like writing in the 60s. That's but then I just weird. found out that Stephen King is good at writing the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> good for him. 12 out of 10. Yeah. So, do you want to go through the summary of the book? Um, yeah. Cool. Do did you want me to summarize the book because it's yeah. a lot? I mean, read. Okay. The, yeah, just give it, introduce it for our listeners who don't know what it's about. So it is about this guy named Charlie. He's very mentally challenged and you start reading the book and everything's really misspelled and there's a bunch of run-on sentences and nothing really makes any sense when you're reading it. And then you're introduced to a few characters and you're kind of told like, oh, there's an experiment and he has to write these progress reports and all this stuff. And it's an experiment to make him smarter. And that's all he's ever wanted. His friends always laugh at him. He works at a bakery. And so he goes through this experiment and he's like, it didn't work. I don't know what's happening. What's going on? And um, so finally you kind of see the progression of, oh, now he knows how to read books. Now he's understanding this. Now he knows how to love. Um, just... It just goes through this roller coaster of emotions and grammar, and there's so <laughs> many different themes and things you can pick up on. It, 
it's such a whirlwind. Anything to add? I was just going to say, the book was written in 1958 and then published as, like, a short story in a magazine in 1959. And then it yeah, was the published... Yeah, the short story is only, like, 19 pages or something like that. And then the novel was published in 1966. And then that year it won the Nebula, Nebula Award for Best Novel. I think the thing that best sums it up is in bold at the top of the book flap, all it says is, Charlie Gordon will break your heart. And I went, <laughs> yup, you're right. Oh, man. I was going to say that there's no chapters. The Yeah. It's just all one big thing, and it's broken up into progress reports. Yeah, and there's sometimes dates... Sometimes there's not, though. Well, yeah. So he, like, was Charlie, because it's written in Charlie's, like, Charlie's writing the progress reports. So at the beginning, he's, like, dating everything. And then, like, part of the way through, he's, like, the scientist told me I didn't have to date anything, everything, just when I, like, started a new progress report or something like that. Yeah. I labeled it in my notes by progress report. So it's not, like, chapter one. It's, like, progress report one and it's really weird my notes have no structure to them <laughs> that's unfortunate i was just like i got the ebook so i was just like reading it on my phone and then i would like switch to the notes on my phone whenever i had thoughts and then i would like write it down yeah but i think it works because the book is all just one continuous thing anyway yeah so i think now we should just go through our thoughts general thoughts about the book and then we can go in depth like i have more in-depth questions yeah that we can I... get to i have a lot we could do this for hours <laughs> like it's so much you guys it's so much so oh my gosh when i first started i was like wow this reminds me so much of 11 63 i couldn't figure out why and then i the 60s figure that out <laughs> but i spent a lot of this book comparing it to other books yeah and i was like oh this feels like this book and so the first thing i wrote down is this is something that i want to like talk about more in depth when we like as i don't want to confuse people <laughs> yeah but so let's see i did a lot of character study on charlie because I like characters. So the first yeah. thing that I have is that Charlie is searching his whole life to be like everybody else because society has taught him that he's broken. Yeah. Just because he was born that way. Mm-hmm. And so there's like this interesting part of he goes through the book and he's not very smart and he like works at this bakery and all the people that he works with at the bakery kind of just like tolerate him and make fun of him. But it's like one of those things I feel like where Charlie's their Charlie so they can make fun of him but if anybody else makes fun of him they'll beat him up I only felt like that at the end I did yeah. not feel that at the beginning but I don't are we supposed to has it always been that way and we just don't know it because Charlie isn't emotionally mature enough to understand that until at the end of the book I mean, they, they literally beat him senseless in an alley, so I feel like Forgot maybe <laughs> not. I feel like they really just 
took out their power on him because they felt like he was the only thing they could take their power out on. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. At the beginning, my biggest thing... Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say that the, the theme of Charlie's not very smart and he has low IQ, so they, like, make fun of him, and then he becomes really intelligent, and then now everybody's afraid of him... Yeah. Because for a different reason than they were afraid of him before, because now he's way smarter than all of them. And then we like go back to this place of not being intelligent anymore. And like things are the same, but they're also different. Yeah. I don't know if I said this in the summary, but he goes from not being smart to progressively getting smarter, staying in that place for a little bit. And then digressing. Yeah, because Charlie the whole time is being paralleled with a mouse named Algernon. And so they, like, did the experiment on the mouse first. Yeah. And so, like, they're both the test dummies. And so, like, halfway, maybe more than halfway through the book, Algernon, like, starts digressing in his, like, intelligence. And they think, oh no, like, there's a flaw in this. And so then they're trying to figure out, like, what happened. Yeah. And then, and eventually he dies, because he's a mouse. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <Ugh. laughs> Yikes. Yep. Um. So, one of the things that really got me, just this whole book, was the writing. Like, I can't imagine writing like someone who didn't know how to write or how to read. Or writing like a genius. Yeah. Because can't do that either. The two sides And of then it. going back to writing like you have no idea and going from first person to third person and back and just all in between. It's a whole mess like you barely know what's going on most of the time it's awesome (laughs) yeah i think it's really cool that they daniel keys uses the way that the progress reports are written to show you at what point in the journey charlie's at even as he's like digressing back it doesn't go straight from genius to like can't write anymore you like start to see him make little mistakes over and over again that like at the beginning of the book he like explained when he learned them and so you're like oh he's like really losing his intelligence at this point yeah and so i think that's really clever Mm, yeah i I think this book fully had me write out is spelling and grammar just a social construct (laughs) oh my gosh don't do that (laughs) because when charlie was learning how to like how grammar worked and like all this stuff i was like why do we have grammar like and like why do we spell because it's just like if we can communicate what we're trying to say why do we have to do it in a certain way it's kind of like towards the end of the book when he talks about like structure and keeping everything in little boxes Mm -hmm. i feel like it's like that like we have to keep everything in little boxes or else our whole universe falls apart right It's like, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty common thing, too. They're trying to bring Charlie from being below the boxes to everybody else's boxes so that he'll be normal. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but like what no- what is normal in the first place but then he keeps going and he like exceeds them and now everybody's like oh that's not what we wanted yeah and you can see that with his on and off again girlfriend alice yeah throughout the book who was his teacher at the school for mentally challenged people teaching them how to like learn and read and then as he gets smarter they start dating and she's like a big part in helping Charlie understand his emotions and what it's like to like someone because when you don't have high intelligence that is not what you're thinking about yeah I mean he goes from looking at bodies and not being able to understand the female form and not knowing that there's differences and that there's different like parts in the brain that don't make any sense to uh (laughs) to actually like feeling love and that's the only time he feels it he doesn't feel it with his family with his dad with his mom with his sister the only time he feels love is with this girl for just a short period of time and he knows like this is it this is all i'm gonna have yeah because as he's getting smarter they start dating but then at some point he becomes smarter than her and they and like, she knew that would happen and they lose the connection because that's like the whole part of being in relationships is being able to relate to somebody but if you're over here learning ten thousand foreign languages the things that you're interested in, the things that are like you're doing are very different than somebody else's. And so he like dates her and then he becomes too smart for her, but he's also like still in love with her. And then as he like digresses, they like come back together for a little bit when he's like back at her level. And she even says that she's like, you're back at my level again. Yeah. But instead of, passing her this time he just digresses and their relationship falls apart again Mm-hmm. oh i thought this was interesting in progress report five <laughs> the the dialogue really felt like captain america weird comparison okay. but like the doctors are talking about whether or not they found the right person And it was kind of like in Captain America how they're like, is he really worthy to have these powers or or did we find the wrong person? And you kind of get to see later how they think and how they're probably like, maybe we didn't find the right person. Maybe we made a mistake because he starts to fight back. Yeah, I find it really interesting all the different levels there is to intelligence. Yeah. And so that, like, they make Charlie smarter, and so it's just, I guess they were expecting it, or at least Charlie was expecting it to just be, like, now I'll be able to read and stuff. But instead it turns into, like, now he has to develop his emotional self and, I mean, mostly the emotional self, but he's, like, understanding about love and about how people work, and he becomes very bitter because he realizes how he was, like, abused as a kid and how these people that he worked with used to make fun of him and how even the scientists are kind of just patronizing him and it goes through and they treated him like he wasn't a person before right and so it goes through all these different levels 
And it just makes you think about how you treat people all the time. Yeah. Like, as an individual. Just because they can't understand what you're doing doesn't mean that you have to treat them poorly. Or that you should treat them poorly. Yeah. His biggest thing was... He was actually defending a mentally challenged kid in a diner. (laughs) And the kid dropped all his dishes and everyone was laughing at him. And even he had laughed at one point and... Finally, he was disgusted with himself enough to stand up and say, hey, stop making fun of him. He's still a human being. And I went, that's literally the whole point of the book. You could have just put that at the beginning. But like, yeah, it took us a while to get here. But here we are. Yeah. So the whole book, I was just waiting to see how it would end Mm -hmm. because I knew it was going to end bad. Like, I have a note that I'm at 25% and he's already reached peak intelligence. And so, like, just knowing how books work, like, something (laughs) bad's going to go wrong. Like, we're not even at the climax of the story. Yeah. And he's already, like, the smartest he'll become. And so, like, my notes are, like, half full of, like, guesses about what's going to happen. At one point, I was like, is Charlie going to want the surgery to be reversed? Because he, like, can't handle it anymore. I thought at one point he was going to commit suicide. Yeah. And it's just the whole time I was like, I know he's not going to be smart the whole time. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. But you'd be proud of me. I didn't look it up. <laughs> I waited until I finished. <laughs> I am pro. Because <laughs> that's... The, the very beginning of the flap is like, Charlie Gordon will break your heart. That's it. That tells you how it's going to end. I mean, that's the whole book right there. I read that after, like, having read it when I was a kid. And I went, man, that's all I remember about this book is just sitting in my room, not being able to properly function after. I cannot even imagine reading this as a middle schooler because I don't get it fully. Like, it, like, messes with my brain now. And I'm like... Yeah a senior in college like I'm very educated now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it I honestly feel like I read a different book when I was younger and I don't think I read the short story because I remember it taking a long time to read it but I read it all in one sitting for hours on end but there are just so many parts that I don't remember And, like, of course I wouldn't have gotten all the sexual innuendos and things that happened. And, yes, there's (laughs) quite a bit and a little bit graphic, but that's okay. Yeah, it's on the banned book list because of the way that it talks about sex. Yeah, and I mean, it is... But it's not like a... If you know what sex is, it's not anything you don't already know. Right, yeah. It's just a little shock to the system if you're expecting it to be, like just an ex- a science experiment with a guy and a mouse like <laughs> you're like wait wait a minute what just happened that whole thing i liked um progress report nine <laughs> he's going like punctuation is fun <laughs> I was dead. I was like, you are so pure and you make me happy. I laughed so hard because I was like, that's me writing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like, 
And then the next entry, he goes, um, yeah, turns out I was using it wrong, but, like, I'm trying my best, I guess. <laughs> I wrote uh, later, after, like, Charlie's, like, really smart. Yeah. Okay, so the climax of the story is that they go to a conference, Charlie, Algernon, and, like, the scientists all go to this conference, and Charlie's really bitter at this point because he's, like, trying to emotionally discover himself. And basically, he lets Algernon out. And then... Out of his cage. Yeah. Physically out of, out of his cage. And so he, like, runs around the, like, conference center because Charlie's just tired of the scientists not treating him as human and, like, all of these things. But then they, like, run away. Charlie he and Algernon. Yeah. yeah. And they, like, go and they, like, get a hotel. Or not a hotel. They, like, find, get an apartment. And he, like, meets this girl who, like, helps him discover sexuality. Yeah. But at, like, from that point on, Charlie reminded me a lot of Frankenstein's monster from Frankenstein. Obviously. Yeah. Because in the book, Frankenstein thinks that his monster is disgusting. And, like, but the Frankenstein's monster is really, really smart. And, like, goes and, like, reads all these books and, like, discovers himself. And he's, like, not disgusting. Like, the monster, I mean, like, he looks weird because Frankenstein made a monster. But he's just this really intelligent guy that everybody's just takes the wrong way the first time you see it. And so that's how yeah. a lot of people were expect like, Charlie, they had these preconceived notions about Charlie based on who he was. And now Charlie's really smart, and, like, they're all just giving him the wrong idea. Mm-hmm. I thought good foreshadowing was on page 44. I think it's Dr. Strauss? Yeah. He says, the more intelligent you become, the more problems you'll have. And I went, wow, summed it all up right there, didn't you? Yeah, because children are very literal. Yeah. But, like, intelligence brings nuance, and suddenly you can read in between the lines, and nothing really means what you think it means. Yeah, that happened at the end of the book when he was reading Don Quixote. I don't know if you caught that reference, where he was like, yeah, this guy was running around, and I don't think he realized that windmills weren't dragons, but he was fighting these windmills. But, like, I don't really understand what the point is, what I'm supposed to get. Because at this point, he's digressing and can't read between the lines anymore. He can only read the literal translation of the book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. made me sad. So. Yeah, I don't know Don Quixote. So I can't tell you what the point of that book is. Uh... I lost my notes. <laughs> which which doctor was which? Uh, there's Strauss and Niemer, right? Yeah. Um, so Strauss is a psychiatrist and a neurosurgeon. Okay. That just happens so, to be on the page that I'm on. Yeah, so Strauss is the psych- that he goes to therapy every week with Strauss. Yeah. And then Anemer's like the mastermind. Yeah. 
Oh, I had a thing. Um, page 54, I had reached a new level and anger and suspicion were my first reactions to the world around me. So he's starting to see what's going on around him. This book is almost 300 pages. So if we're only at 54, were you? Yep. So much happens so, uh, within the first 100 pages. Oh my gosh. Like... Like you were saying, pretty much everything happens in the first 25%, and then it just, it's its still insane. Um, so I started thinking about it, and I wrote, I almost take this to mean that something like that isn't innately ingrained into someone, but it's a learned trait to be skeptical and wary of the world around you. Yeah. It just makes a lot of sense. Children's are ve- children are very innocent. Yeah. And they, like don't know that the world is evil but then as they get older they only learn that the world is evil because people teach them that the world is evil Mm -hmm. or their experiences teach them that they're evil so if you have someone who's very sheltered by the time they get to adulthood like they're gonna still can be a little bit innocent because they have not seen that the world is evil and nobody's taught them that the world is evil Mm -hmm. but like as charlie goes from being like a child to adulthood intellectually he like realizes that the world is evil that the things that happened to him when he was little are very terrible and the things that happened to him even as he was getting older are really terrible and so it just he though his experiences teach him to be skeptical yeah i it just amazes me And I know you're not a huge fan of writing style or anything, but it just, like, he honestly goes from everything being misspelled and run-on sentences to periods and colons and apostrophes and everything spelled correctly because he's learning things and he starts using similes and metaphors and flashbacks in the third person and it... Like, it just blows my mind. You physically get to see his changing behavior and how he's learning things. And it's insane. Yeah, I literally I, didn't notice any of that. Dude. Like, no, but also, it happens very gradually. It does, yeah. So, like, if you're not paying attention to it, you'll just, like, go with it and you'll be like, oh, okay, this is how it is now. Because it's not, like, an abrupt change. It's not yeah. like one progress report he doesn't know how to spell and then the next one he's using all of these complicated writing yeah. formats. It is very gradual and that's what's so great about the art of it. He's a genius, I tell you. Like, <laughs> I specifically wrote down his first simile he ever used. Names that echo like great church bells in my mind. And I went... Oh my gosh, that's so gorgeous to me. I, like, his writing in general is just good, but his writing through Charlie, I'm shook. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So the biggest thing that I have to say is, what was the point? What is the message of this book? (laughs) Okay, listen, it's just an enigma, right? There's just so much. I 
you could name anything and you could make an argument for that being the point of this book. Yeah, I was just imagining as if we were taking this in English class. I know. What we would talk about, like, because it, like, is a book that's done in English classes a lot. Yeah. That's why it's on the banned book list, because it was being taught in schools. And so I was like, I don't even know what I would say is the point of this book. And that's what's so great about it. You could have a different discussion every day, and it would be something different. You could talk about the psychology aspect. You could talk about the linguistic, linguini aspect (laughs) of it. You could, like... You could talk about anything. The progression of the love story. The way you could adapt it into a play or a movie or a TV show, which they did. You could talk about anything. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, like right at the beginning, I wrote a note that said, trying to guess what this book is about and as in what the point is. First off, not complete sentence. Yeah. But I was like, intelligence isn't the secret. Intelligence is the secret. (laughs) (laughs) We should care more for the mentally disabled. Is it, like, supposed to just be, like, a look so that we relate with the, like, mentally disabled? I was like, genetic engineering ethics. (laughs) Imagination equals lies. (laughs) Um, yes. All of the above. I was really interested. I wish... That it had played more into the engineering, genetic engineering aspect of it, because I find that really fascinating. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really. It was yeah. just like a, in the end, it was just a failed experiment. And like yeah. nothing like really terrible happened. But I like this idea of, that's a really common like science fiction trope in the like yeah. 60s and 70s. And so I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it was. That we like do something to the human body and then they like mutate and now they're out to destroy us. Yeah, the fact that I actually. So when they were at that conference, they were explaining how they did everything. And I just took two back to back classes of biology. <laughs> and I went, dang, that actually makes sense to me. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I think, one, he didn't want to get too much into the science of it. I feel like that maybe wasn't the point he was trying to make, but it is interesting. Yeah, I appreciate that it's a, as a genre, it's science fiction, but it's like a realism science fiction. Yeah. And that, like, oh, yeah. this could happen. Like, in, I nev- at no point did I was like, oh, this is an alternate universe. Like, this could have happened in New York in 1960, and I wouldn't have believed otherwise. Yeah. Except that we don't really have that technology now. (laughs) Yeah. I think you could also argue for all of the little jabs at society. Yeah. I mean, there's so many just little hidden things that you're like, wait a minute, did he just... I, I could make a tweet out of that, you know, like, and people would think I'm just bitter at the world. Like, there's one quote I really liked, um, 
Charlie says this, and it's so funny. Now I understand one of the important reasons for going to college and getting an education is to learn that the things you've believed in all your life aren't true and that nothing is what it appears to be. And I was like, yeah, that's that's college, buddy. You got it. Yeah, I just tweet retweeted a quote today from Abed from Community where he goes, college yes! is where the mental issues start. And that's what that reminded me of. I thought that was so funny. Man, community. Mm. Yeah, this question, this book, like, brought up questions of one of my other points was, what is intelligence? Yikes. Because. You could argue that for days. Yeah, because the whole book is all about making Charlie smarter, but his journey to becoming smarter isn't. Like, it's not written out in a way that you would expect it to be. It has yeah. a lot to do with his emotional intelligence. Yeah, like it's said, not like a Beauty and the Beast kind of story arc where it's like, oh, you read books and you're basically a human now. Yeah, he just, like, like what he said, like, 25% of the way through the book, he's already, like, the smartest he's gonna be. Yeah. And they don't really talk about his, oh, he might not be the smartest, but they don't really talk about his emotional growth much after that. Mm-hmm. And so it just has an interesting idea of what is intelligence? What are we, like, actually going for? Because most of the book is not about how smart Charlie becomes, but yeah. about how he interacts with the people around us. And so or you how ha- damaging his intelligence is to everyone else. Yeah, so you can argue that the point of the book is that the relationships we build are more important than the knowledge we gather. Yeah, because... To, like, tie it up in a pretty bow. (laughs) Even at the end of the book, he's like, yeah, I know 20 different languages, and I'm a master at math and physics and all these other things, but none of that really matters. Yeah, and especially when knowing all those things is what takes him away from Alice. Yeah. So it's like, I can know all these things, but if I, like, I can't love Alice by knowing all these things, what's the point? Yeah. When they first, like, when he first has his intelligence and he tries to kiss her and she rejects him, um, all I could think about was from Bandstand, the song This Is Life. And just thinking about how they're standing at the doorway going, this isn't right, we can't do this. But he didn't feel that way. She was the one saying, like, we're not on the same page right now. You're not emotionally ready for this. And she turned him away. And I went, oh, man, that hurt. Also important to note, though, that he confesses his love to her in the literal next song and they get together. (laughs) In Bandstand, not this. There's no songs in this that we know of. Flowers for Alice is not the musical. (laughs) Like, I just like the parallel of, like, maybe in another life. (laughs) It's a very good song. And then technically, in another life, they get together. Like, He's a completely different person by the time they actually do end up getting together. Yeah. 
He leads a rebellion. We could talk about Bandstand for hours. We will at some point. Maybe we will. But now... I guarantee you. What is normal? That was another one of the questions that I was struggling with the whole time. And I wrote, why are we so obsessed with this idea of normal? And why can't we accept, just accept people for the way that they are? And understand that, like, just because people are like you doesn't mean that they're normal. Yeah, I mean, I think especially then, you kind of brought up this point, like, there were a lot of themes like this in science fiction where, like, oh, we have this one cure to fix everything. (laughs) Now, everyone strives to be different. Because we're all a little bit too similar now. Yes, I just thought of a movie, but I forgot what it was called, so I was going to look it up. (laughs) But then also the idea that everyone believes that what they are is the norm. Yeah. And so, like, Charlie, when he's not very smart, thinks this is normal. Well, less so because it's so obvious to him as, like, having low intelligence that he's not normal. But when he becomes smarter than everybody... It's kind of just, like, he thinks this is how it is, and he, like, can't comprehend the fact that people aren't on the same page as him. Yeah. Which is a lot of, like, how people of good, our average intelligence feel about Charlie when he's not very smart. Mm-hmm. And so I also liked that parallel of how they, like, flipped it 180, that Charlie was a not-intelligent person, and then Charlie got to be the person looking down on the not-intelligent people. Yeah. Oh, I just got a connection. I got it the other day and then I forgot and was like, what was I trying to say with that point? So he and Alice go on a date when he's a bit smarter. He actually says that he's interested in the etymologies of ancient languages, the newer works on the calculus of variations and Hindu history. I'm like, you are so pretentious, you jerk. So they go on a date, and they're listening to Debussy's La Mer. And it just hit me that this whole book is that song, that piece of, that, like, work of art, because it's just, like, waves going through, and no one has any idea what's going on. I'm just thinking, man... Like, ah. I listened to it while I was reading, going, this, he's such a genius. I don't, <laughs> I'm dead. I just remember, I, like, found the book, or the movie that I was thinking about, and now I'm trying to read why I remembered it, and the plot <laughs> synopsis is not what I remembered it was. Oh, no. Basically, it's the island with Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor. But yes! In that movie, they, like, have clones. Like, famous people make clones of themselves. That movie was insane! And then the, like, clones, like, break out and realize that they're clones. Yeah. I think I just remembered it because we were talking about science fiction stuff. And, like, things yeah. that go bad. But, like, this idea that we created these clones to solve our problem of, like, I think it was sterility and, like, not being able to reproduce. And so we, like, well, made- so we made these clones so that we like they will stay uncontaminated and they'll be able to reproduce or whatever. 
it's been a really long time since I've seen the movie. Well, no, it was because they wanted to basically live forever and have organs from the clones. That's it. Yeah. It was real gross. And was sad. You like, have this idea, like, this solves a problem, but then the whole point of the movie is that the clones, like, realize that they're clones and, like, break out and, like, things explode and, like, things go horribly wrong. Yeah. And so, like, that, like, science fiction idea of, like, we're gonna do this experiment on Charlie, but things are gonna go wrong. Yeah. I feel like that's the plot of every science fiction movie. Yeah. I mean... Just, Not like, bad. going through the list in my head, I'm going, yeah, that... <laughs> that's, on- honestly, that's the plot of every movie. <laughs> Just sometimes it's, we meet this guy, and then he tries to kill us, or... Yeah. The world is exploding. It's not always scientific in nature. Oh, I made a very controversial point. Maybe later. (laughs) Maybe not. I'll I'll tell you later. (laughs) I think one of the big themes I've noticed in this book, too, is that the... All that the core of all humans is the desire to be loved, no matter how intelligent or logical you are. And so, like, when Charlie's not very smart, he just wants people to love him. And he, like, it's a, like, recurring theme that he notices, that he, like, laughs at people who are laughing at him because it makes people happy. And he wants to just, he just wants to be their friend because he just wants to be loved. And he can't fully comprehend that they're making fun of him. And I think, if I do this thing, they'll like me. And then even as he gets more intelligent, he has this understanding that that's not what's happening. Yeah. But he, like, still wants to be loved. Yeah. And then I think that's, like, as a society, we make that mistake a lot of thinking that just because someone can think and feel doesn't mean they don't want to be loved anymore. Ouch. Because there's, especially in this age of post-enlightenment scientific world, there's this idea that our emotions are less important than our thoughts. Yeah. But as this book shows us, intelli- intelligence and, like, a high IQ is just as important as having a high emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And you can't be a well-rounded person if you only have one or the other. And so just because you're really smart and can talk about Hindu religion and deeply talk about ancient history doesn't mean that you still don't want to be seen and loved by somebody yeah also the part one of the parts that really confused me i think it was like halfway through the book or whatever especially when he started like dating in quotes his neighbor faye Mm -hmm. this like separation of intelligent charlie and not intelligent charlie yeah oh my gosh Jekyll and Hyde vibes yeah because he was like writing Charlie was writing that he is like feeling these things towards Faye but like Charlie doesn't like it and so he like kept calling unintelligent Charlie Charlie and then like intelligent Charlie was like him or me because he's like writing in first person and so he's them but he was like Charlie keeps watching me and they have a scene in a mirror where, like, intelligent Charlie turns yeah. not intelligent Charlie. And it's a very weird turn it's of events. crazy. Just the... 
I can't even describe how insane those scenes are where you're just thinking, I, <laughs> I don't know, multiple personality disorder. That's the best way to be able to describe it while you're reading it. Are we to assume that he reached such peak intelligence that he literally developed a mental illness? Well, no, that's not that's not what I'm saying. I just think Alright, I'm just I'm trying to process. That sounded well, no, way worse I'm, than I meant it to. I'm too. thinking it's more he was so um I yeah, I guess so developed that he managed to become ultra self aware. So there were literally two sides. Like, there's Charlie, the intelligent man who, like, fixes science and knows 20 languages and woos all the ladies and whatnot. And then there's (laughs) Charlie you meet at the beginning of the book who is basically a janitor at a bakery because he can't do anything else and he can't really support himself and he's innocent to the world. And so innocent Charlie is just... He's always been there. He's always been inside this body. And suddenly intelligent Charlie is the one that's invaded, not the other way around. Because it's kind of presented like, oh man old dumb Charlie's haunting me and then at the end you realize it he's always been there intelligent Charlie's the one that is like the bacteria that got in that makes you sick yeah because like we start talking about Charlie like taking back the body around the same time that like intelligent Charlie discovers that like his intelligence is gonna go away because he maybe like steals Algernon and they like run off together and then he's like doing all this self-discovery and like becomes and then he realizes that he needs to go back because he's like watching Algernon react poorly to things and like the situation's turning out badly and so he's like I need to go and like figure out what's happening while I'm still smart and so he's like understanding that He's going to lose his intelligence at some mm-hmm. point. He just hasn't yet. And so then he, like, goes and he, like, figures out what's happening. And I think basically they, like, said that his, like, brain was aging too fast or something like yeah, something like that. They, like, worded it really science so you can be like, oh, okay, I'm satisfied with an answer, but it doesn't actually have to be true because... Well, he basically <laughs> just reverted back to his old self, but worse. Yeah. But I WebMD says that multiple personality disorder is a, usually a result of I trauma. mean, dude was traumatized. So that, like, it's a... It, yeah, so it's a coping mechanism that when you get traumatized by something and you or you, like, don't want to think about it, you, yeah. like, literally disassociate and, like, become a different person. Do you have any oh, other thoughts? Oh, um... So... Throughout the book, you get a lot of these flashbacks of Charlie being abused by his mom and his sister. And so one of the questions I had was, 
how much abuse do you think he would have had to take had Norma not been born? Norma being his sister. Or worse, if she had, but she were just like him. Because a lot of the story is the mom wanted to try and have another kid because she knew that Charlie was broken and she did everything in her power to fix him. But once she found out that her daughter was actually smart and a normal kid, she just threw Charlie to the side. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of the trauma was, like, all of the ones that I'm remembering are a result of Norma. Like, I feel like the ones that stuck out the most to Charlie were the ones where it was like, I'm going to set you aside. There's, like, a scene where he's, like, going to visit his mom or whatever, and he's talking about how he, like, sees the world Mm -hmm. through the window at his house because he was never allowed to go outside. And I almost feel like not being a psychologist at all, but that for Charlie, the being left out of things was more painful than the actual, like, yelling at and the, like, abuse. Like, the, not the abuse, but, like, being neglected by Norma and his mom was more painful to him than his mom being upset that he wasn't the way that he was supposed to be. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, they're all pretty awful, and they were all very influential in the way yeah. that he was made. <laughs> but I also think it's interesting because his mom and Norma were both, like, really mean to him, but his dad was nice yeah. to him the whole time. But his da- and dad, like, Charlie went to his dad's barber shop, but never told him who he was. And so I think this is interesting aspect if he had nothing yeah. to prove to his dad and just was like, this is like, I don't want my dad to see me this way because this mm-hmm. is not who I am or whatever. Well, and he went to his mom and Norma. He was like, I have to show them that I'm better now. So maybe they'll love me. But his dad loved him the whole time. Yeah. Goes back to the, he just wants I to be loved. I think about that, that that was the reason he didn't say anything was because he didn't have anything to prove there weren't any loose ends to tie up huh all right (laughs) charlie's a party animal nice that's one of my notes i just thought that was funny (laughs) i wrote that accumulating knowledge does not teach you how to live which is mostly a jab at myself oh my gosh sorry this book. <laughs> so, since I'm going to do this at every episode just by accident. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but about oh, myself, okay. not about Charlie. But, like, I'm a type five. And, like, type fives are the investigators. We just, like, want to get a lot of knowledge just because we don't like facing the world. So, it's like, if I understand everything that's happening, then I'll know how to do whatever is happening to do instead of facing the world with uncertainty and so like fives are really afraid of uncertainty and so all of this stuff about like emotional intelligence being just as important about intelligence throughout this whole book and like charlie gets all this knowledge but he still doesn't know how to function as a normal human being was like very (laughs) gut-wrenching it was like well i can go to college and get all these degrees but i still won't know how to function 
unless I just go out there and meet people. Yep. Stop dwelling in your coping mechanisms. See a psychologist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tips from the Curly Critics. I, um... So the reason I had a slight outburst earlier is because one of my notes is page 218 and I wrote in all caps, why do you write like you're running out of time? And I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> he's literally writing because he's running out of time. He's losing his intelligence and he wants to be able to help the world for as long as he can. I'm just... Yeah. Ugh. Such a good point. Wow. Hamilton really Honestly, be out here connecting everything. There were just a lot of... <sighs> it's just... Yeah. It's a very deep there was no book. way to There was no way to and stop like... the sands of knowledge from slipping through the hourglass of my mind. That That's a direct quote. Wow. I mean... Come on. What would you... We're running out of time. So, any final um, thoughts? Let's see. Oh, on pages 270 and 271, he and Alice finally get together, like, for real. I think we talked about that earlier. Yeah. And I, I wrote that those pages are some of the most romantic words I've ever read. <laughs> because... Towards the end of, like, their whole encounter or whatever, I go, or the quote says, What we have, I suspect, is more than most people find in a lifetime. And I'm like, that is some of the notebook crap right there. I'm like, dang. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and of course, the final, the final quote at the very end just broke me of anything else in this book that's the one thing i remember from reading it the first time so many years ago was that line just killed me yeah the ending of the book i was reading reviews afterwards and a lot of people were like oh i cried so much like this book is so sad but i didn't cry when it ended like and i wasn't even sad because i knew the whole time that there was no way yeah. he was gonna stay intelligent the whole time so I was like, this is, like, I, so it was just like, oh, of course this happens. But I finished the book, and I, like, texted Jade. I was like, I don't even know And that's exactly <laughs> the reaction you were supposed to have. I don't know. I, like, when I first read it, maybe I would have cried just because I didn't have as many, like, prediction abilities. But now, it just makes you think about everything. It makes you think about life and death and mice and men and <laughs> i wish i hadn't said that but here we are just thinking about how i've never read that <laughs> me either my brother has though yeah they like changed the high school reading list ridiculous in between me and my little brother yeah so, like within two years because my brother read completely different books than i read insane so what would you rate this book Oh my gosh. Uh man. I don't this is such a hard question. Like 
for this book especially. I finished this book a week ago, and I just thought of a ranking, like, 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I... Just because I'm going to remember this book for the rest of my life, and I read it in middle school first, I would give it a solid 8. Wow, that's what I was going to say, too. Got him! We gave this book eight pineapples. Yeah, we did. Oh, I should have said the last line when I quoted it. Heck. Or when I... Yeah. So the last line is, P.S. Please, if you get a chance, put some flowers on Algernon's grave in the backyard. Yeah. I got chills. I think the sad part is that it may allude to the fact that he might die in the near future. Yeah. Potentially, I mean, mice don't have as long of lifespans as humans, obviously, but that's what I initially thought, so... Yeah, I didn't even occur to that. I was just like, oh, he remembers Algernon, and then I, like, closed the book and moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or didn't. And just thought about life for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I did that, but... (laughs) I think, and I remember Miss Kinnian, Alice, being super sad and thinking, maybe she's sad because she also thinks he's gonna die soon. Or because she was in love with him. Well, that too, and seeing him digress so far and revert back to his old self, I'm sure... She's also traumatized, just like the rest of us after reading this book. <laughs> Do you wish we had read this in high school? What a good question. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing about books read in high school, and Jade and I talked about like doing a series on like books we read in high school now that we're not in high school anymore. Yeah. The thing about books read in high school is that you have to read them. Yeah. And... Shane on Smosh talked about that (laughs) and probably in one of their podcasts about how like when you're reading for fun it's just a lot better than if you're like having to read by school and so I don't know if I would have gotten the same stuff out of it had we read it in school but I I also but it's also powerful enough of a story that I might have because I remember when we read Heart of Darkness yeah. And I loved that book. But we didn't. had to read it. <laughs> I liked the ending line. And that's it. Because I'm a sucker for a good ending. I I think that... Like, I was forced to read this book. I had a choice. But honestly, my mom forced me to read it. Okay, so <laughs> I still had the same experience. I just think I would have liked... Having that classroom discussion, you know, with your peers and really getting into the deep stuff and listening to our high school English teacher talk or having a pop quiz where he throws all of our quizzes in the trash. (laughs) That happened several times. If we read it with our junior or senior year English teacher, (sighs) yes. But if it was any other year... I would not have wanted to do it. Like, I just want so badly to talk to him about this book because it's insane. Yeah. We don't know where he is. (laughs) No. 
Hope he's doing all right, though. That's fine. <laughs> this was our podcast on flowers for Algernon. I'm glad you went into the darkness with us. <laughs> we would. Would you recommend that people read this book? One thousand percent. Why do you think I recommended for <laughs> us to read it? I just wanted to have it on. I think tape. you need to be a certain maturity level yeah because of certain scenes and because it just makes more sense when you're older yeah i would agree yeah because middle school me didn't get a lot of stuff and honestly i didn't understand a lot of the words towards the end i was like these are four syllables and i'm (laughs) confused awesome so follow us on instagram and twitter at curly critics pod and email us your thoughts about this yeah Or I just about know. life in general. Please send yeah. us emails. That or too. follow us. Mostly follow us. All of the above. And rate us five stars. Five pineapples. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.